You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. I am so grateful we get to talk about adventuring across the types together today. I feel like we're covering very exciting terrain and we're prepping for a fun episode with this mini one here where we're going to be talking on Monday to a delightful guest with a new Enneagram adventure book. So I will leave you hanging in suspense a little bit there. But in the meantime, today we are really delving into stances and adventures because I think there's so many ways that we could talk about our types and adventures and how we look at each other and how we differ. And one of the best ways of doing that, I think, is to look at our withdrawing adventures, our compliant adventures, as well as our more assertive adventures together. So we're going to do that a little bit today in this mini. And I'm so grateful you're joining me. If you are following along at all in our Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner, you'll know that the entire month of June is dedicated to adventures. And why I do this with you is because I know, and hopefully you know too, that when we take adventures together, it really makes our marriages stronger and it helps us to refresh and recharge. You might remember recently we had brain scientist on Dr. Chrissy Thomas, and I loved her recent reel saying, when we enter new spaces physically, there's a, a dopamine increase and we have the serotonin rush and, and good things in natural ways because we're in a new targeted area and we're having to expose our brains to new learning and it really can reuptake in healthy ways for all of us. So not only does this fuel you individually, but of course, when you share this with your partner and your family, it can also bring you guys closer in that way. And I'm just hoping that because you're hearing this, you'll be able to be reminded, oh yeah, I need to do an adventure with my people. Now, um, I just want to briefly say before we get started that adventures look very different per personality type. So if you are in your seven space a lot, your adventures are going to look different than if you're in your eight space a lot or your two space a lot. So you'll have to really nuance individually. But also I thought this was a really fun quote to get us started. It's of course by Tolkien. And the quote is, I am looking for someone to share an adventure that I'm arranging and it's difficult to find anyone. And then the the response there is, I should think so. In these parts, we are plain quiet folk and have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things make you late for dinner. And the reason I'm quoting that is because I, first of all, love The Hobbit, love Lord of the Rings, all things Tolkien. But second of all, I think that this quote speaks to why I love this writer so much. And that is because he understands the personality differences. And he even talks about this with the genealogy overlay a little bit to say, you know, uh, here we have this character, Bilbo Baggins, who is very um, close to the earth in a hobbit kind of a way, just just really likes to stay 
I act like hobbits are real people, but I think by now you probably know that hobbits are these comfort creatures and and like their food and their snacks and their 11sies and don't like to be too far away from their home and 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 yet they he even has this little bit of blood in his ancestry that challenges him to go out every now and again. So when there's an opportunity for adventure, the quote I read, you kind of hear him saying like absolutely not in his contrarian sort of sixish way and then kind of redoubling, thinking it over again, like, maybe I will. And that's probably how some of you are, where your spouses are like, come out with me, come play. And you're like, uh-uh, there's no time we have to work, or I just prefer to stay indoors. Um, but I'm calling you all to challenge yourself, just like Bilbo did, to truly enjoy an adventure, because I know something, and and you probably know it too, that when I've asked people end of life, sort of Tuesdays with Maury questions about what they loved most about their life and and what's been their most beautiful moments. And this is in the end of life when they're in their armchairs and thinking back uh, and not able to do things. They typically say whatever their personality type is, the adventures were some of the most beautiful moments. Now, I'm not talking about adventures where they're just like on this um, wild Cheryl Strayed journey across 1100 miles or the scary one out on Netflix right now. I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's the family adventures. It's the people, maybe they went out as a couple, maybe they had a few solo fun times, but it's peopling while adventuring that can really nourish us and bring us to delight. And so I welcome you to remember that even if your adventures look very different from the next person over. So um, first and foremost, I just want to say that before we jump into these stances with adventuring and some tips for each of you guys, I want to just remind you, get the adventures on the calendar and then try not to look too far to the right or left about what those adventures are. Because I think in different seasons of life, I've certainly enjoyed various kinds of adventures. And sometimes uh, I've kind of been a little bit afraid to do something. And then at other times, I've maybe gone a little too far. But there's always a lesson with each one. And there's always a season for each kind. So just keep in mind, maybe right now your season is like I talk about in the planner for June, I talk about how sometimes it was just even one season of my life where we did a puzzle together. And it was such a big puzzle that it felt like an adventure. But then there was the season where we carried the puzzle across from Michigan to Chicago, and it was an adventure in and of itself to carry the first adventure to the next adventure. And you understand that sometimes the puzzle pieces get lost literally and figuratively on these adventures. Um, and there's always some sort of a uh, a way to say this was worth it, even though something happened. Maybe we uh, had a flat tire or somebody was puking or uh, we had a fight, but usually there's a sense of like, but we did it and it was awesome. And and I will never forget it. And like I said, at the end of our days, oftentimes these beautiful, glorious moments mean more to us than just the everyday rote practices of like, I was disciplined and I needed to do that. But like, I just went to my office and those days all blended in, but my trip to the mountains or the big epic uh, puzzle I did, these things are not forgotten. So I want you to be brainstorming now with me, now that you've heard me say that there can be such variety um, as to the budget and the time and the type of adventures that you want to bring to your spouse. And I hope that you will brainstorm about three things to take to them to say, how do you feel about these? And then if they're not that interested, like maybe you do have a contrarian six spouse, uh, they can come back to you with three more. And then you guys can look at those three. And then you can come back with three more. It doesn't have to be that this is the end of the story. Um, 
but that even gets us into a little bit of the types of stances. So we'll talk about that in just one sec. Um, But I lastly want to say something that was really interesting for me was on our recent adventures that we just took in the past couple weeks, we were at uh, really cool places like Yellowstone and Moab and inside of Moab was um, Arches and inside of uh, the Wyoming Jackson Hole area was Grand Tetons. All of that was beautiful. But what I noticed was that my stance was getting in the way sometimes of the fun I was having. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this episode and be vulnerable, put my cards on the table, which I don't like doing. Um, But I'm going to say that like I'm doing this work with you guys. I'm learning as I go too, so that we can all admit it together. And thankfully, I was able to do that at least on the trip, even knowing I'm doing my work, I was able to at least label it knowing I have work to do. Um, So that should help a little bit knowing I'm doing that right with you. But first, let me start out with our withdrawing adventures. So these are typically, or if you're in the four, five, or nine space on an adventure, that you would like to really take some time for you to really just enjoy, savor, and uh, really allow yourself to deeply just enjoy a trip. So you would maybe even enjoy the planning portions just as much as you would enjoy the uh, the actual portions. Um, and you might really also just say, like, I don't have the heights of expectations because I know that the experiences are what I make it. I know that, um, and this is so healthy to be able to say, like, I can make it good if I really receive a little bit less of an expectation and just bring my own joy to the project, Uh, whether it be something like I said, a big masterpiece at home that your adventure is redoing a a room or a big project, or whether you're going out to a national forest, you might say, like, my expectations are just that I will enjoy it and that I will relish it and that I will look away from the big... uh, everything of a trip and sort of nuance down to just the small, simple joys. And I think this group can help us to do that when they travel with us. However, I think sometimes this group, because they're often uh, focused in on the past and sometimes doing inhibited, this group can be hard to get up and go. This group can be harder to actually get there, even though once they are there, they're really good at keeping us in the magic and uh, the small joys of it. So this is my challenge to you if you're a four, five, or nine or in that space is to truly let your partner help you to make some decisions to move and to move and to go and to do, but to then bless them back with this idea of let's just savor and let's look back on it after it's over versus running ahead. And let's really allow ourselves to just drink in the moments, however small and ridiculous they are. And I feel like my four and nine daughters were able to do that on my trip um, because Hannah had her new camera from graduation and she was really good at A, taking pictures sometimes, but B, putting the camera down um, at other times. And of course, me and my assertive, I'm like, Hannah, you're not taking pictures. It's really important. So <laughs> then I would grab her camera and Wes is like, there's like 250 pictures 
on this camera, I'm like, I'm sure that was a lot of it was me. Um, but she was really good at just being in it when she was finally able to go. And same with Melody. But of course, I'm helping them to move. I'm that part of the family system that's going to get them there, that's going to help them to um, come into themselves a bit more and to get out there and to do the adventures versus, let's say, doom scrolling, or in their cases, just relax scrolling, or uh, just thinking back on other past adventures and not yet moving into a new direction. So you can see how we all help to shape one another, but that these glorious fours, fives, and nines can really be in their element when they allow themselves to do some movement and to get out there and enjoy. So try to let your spouse, depending on your instinct, you could be more or less already like, no, I'm a four and I'm so into it, or um, I'm a nine or I'm a five and I, you've got me all wrong. I, I love going on adventures and I'm easy to get moving. Um, Cool. I love that you're not stuck in those spaces. Let's see if we can find you in another spot. And if you are, let's try to encourage you that hold a little faith out and try to balance with the other people in your life who encourage you. All right. So let's talk about those other people. Ones, twos, and sixes tend to really keep people in that space of compliance and cultural compliance at that. So if they think that it's right and proper to take a vacation every uh, few months or every half a year or every year, then they're much more apt to do it because they're looking around to see what does everybody else think of this? Like, I don't want to do anything wrong culturally. I want to do it right. And I don't want to take advantage. And there's something really good about that. Um, There's going to be some nuance in this group, just like there was in the past group. Um, And, you know, we do lots of type by type episodes, but, but sometimes in this group, you might also have people who miss out on opportunities because the friend group isn't doing much. And that's important for this group to look at what's healthy for my marriage, even if the friend group isn't doing something. And the reason for that is because um, sometimes the friend group is so good and healthy for a marriage, but sometimes we let our friend groups take us down, actually. Uh, There's recent studies that I've seen that said uh, if a friend group gains a lot of weight, so is that person much more likely to gain a lot of weight. So sometimes if your friend group doesn't know how to rest and we live in a very type three culture here in America, at least where I'm sharing from, uh, that somebody might say like, there's no time for vacations this year. And then the stress keeps building up on these really helping types, these ones, twos, and sixes, and they need a release. So you have to look at not just the culture guys, but also what's the culture of my life and where do I need to rest and get respite? And how can I do that in a way that still makes me feel like I'm part of a healthy amount of culture? Um, So it's a bit of a balancing and it's a bit of coming outside of culture and maybe coming back in so that you go to places that you've heard are great because that's what everybody says culturally or you take the amount of time that you think is reasonable per your job and and there's something really responsible and good about that and you can hold the other types to that as well if they kind of stray outside of that like an always or never uh, and and I think that the last thing I want to say to this group is uh, share your voice too but don't try to uh, put culture ahead of, like I said, the marriage, because I think that you need to listen to your spouse's voice and what they want as well when they're on the vacation or heading out to an adventure. Um, don't try to look at them and say like, that color of the paint is not good or that vacation spot is not good. Just say, this is my opinion, something that I like, and it happens to be culturally relevant too probably, but is I really like to go to Disney or I really like to go to San Diego or whatever your favorite place is, you know, own it for you. 
and help your spouse to be heard too. Um, maybe you even take a track where you're like, let's do this and then this, or let's do our kitchen this year. And then next year we're going to do this because we each have different things we like. Um, and try to just take some time for you two versus looking what everybody else does. Now for the last group, the three sevens and eights, my quick word to you is on the adventure. Same thing goes for myself. I want you to really try to look at not just what's ahead, the next mountain to climb, the next fun project to do, the next future thing, even though I'm a home now, um, I'm trying to do this too, is going back and savoring and looking at those pictures and, you know, taking some photo journaling time with them and, and really reflecting on the blessings. Um, but also next time you're actually in a beautiful project with your spouse or on your own or with your family, try to really let yourself just be there. And the way to just be somewhere is to take a deep breath, and to put the phone down or preferably hide it out of area um, and then just come into presence with the five senses, taste, touch, you know, allow yourself to breathe, like I said, again and again and again, because it will if you're like me, it'll keep coming back up where you're like, okay, now what's next? Um, and so it's really helpful to just be like, you know, what's next is that I'm here. What's next is that I'm with people I love and I'm safe and I'm okay uh, versus I need to press on. I need to be uh, the next Marco Polo. And there are moments for that. I promise you will still have those beautiful moments on your adventure, but it's also okay to go back and to also stay with as well as to plan what's next. And of course, I know you're fueling your family with the what's next and you're pulling the people who are in the withdrawing stands out and you're helping the compliant types to really come outside of their box. I know I had fun with that with Wes when we had a really long line at um, Canyonlands and we decided to avert and go to a different park instead that was uh, way less of a line. And it was fun for me to just be like, yes, let's do this. And, and let's make sure that we don't lose out on a chance to have a hike this last morning of our trip versus, oh, the, the place that was culturally compliant is closed. We better pack up and go back to the airport early. Um, so it was really fun to be able to just encourage that. Um, but also I had to pay attention to my withdrawing types daughters who were both just done by this point. So they were like, you know, mom, like, this is cool, but we don't want to do the two-mile hike there and the two-mile hike back. Um, we don't want to do that. We don't want to really even do one mile, but we love you, so we'll do one mile. And so I really had to take some deep breaths even within that and be like, okay, you know what? I love them. And I'm thinking of this scripture in my head, Don't fathers don't exasperate your children. And I'm like, this also goes for mothers. Like, This is my moment to honor my daughters. And um, I'm glad I did. And it was really a good moment for us. And my husband pushed a little bit because he goes into his seven. Uh, so he was like, uh, guys, there's just a little bit more around the corner. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, let's just go. Let's wrap up. And he was kind because he's generally compliant. So he was like back, back in again. But it was important for me to see that um, and to know that like, you know, you can't have everything you want on your trips because you need a lot. Um, and I think that that's something that if you're in that stance, you can say, what else can I do? So one of the nights I, I remember just going to the gym and there was, a um there was a hiking video on the treadmill so i enjoyed watching 
the hiking video while I was running on the treadmill. And that was good for me because it just, everyone else could just do whatever they wanted to relax. But I'm like, I have more and I I want to enjoy my time to the full because I'm also on vacation, but it's all right to do this on our own and to be a little bit different. And of course, my husband had to view that like, hmm, is that okay? And I'm like, it's okay. Um, And that's what I think all of us have to do sometimes is, is it okay to just be ourselves? And is it okay to lean in? And the answer to the both of, both of those questions is yes, it is. But you just have to learn um, that it'll be in a process sort of a way where you might have a little disagreement sometimes and you might be able to say, I notice my tension arising because you're acting differently than me. And to be able to say, this isn't a hero villain thing, but something that is very personality-based can take the sweat off of us to really think this is a big issue. And instead we can just enjoy and say, we bring things to each other that are good and that keep us all in balance. And because I have all three of those groupings in my family, I think it was pretty cool to be able to, to notice that. But I definitely had to do extra workouts because I was like, this is not enough for the style I would like to do. And that's probably where you're at if you have little kids and they can't do much at all. I remember those years and your adventures are different and that's okay. Um, Now I have kids that are a lot older so they can do more, but even still they're hitting walls. Sometimes they want to do trips I don't want to do, like when they want to go to banning mills and do uh, a ropes course. I'm not interested. So it's also okay for you guys to say we can split up on a few of our trips where we really do enjoy some men's trips or women's trips or, you know, let the kids go to their youth group trips eventually too. Um, But don't forget the ones together. Don't forget as a couple to do a lot of your adventuring together, even if during that together time, there's some time apart. So that's my word to you to look at stances. The whole month of June in the planner, I go through questions for you and your partner to discuss. And I'm just going to finish our episode today with a couple of those questions because I think they're relevant to you. Um, And these are how might our withdrawing, compliant, or aggressive stances affect our time adventuring together? How can we make it work despite our differences? Hint, compromise. Um, What are some specific compromises I'm willing to make so we can enjoy this time together? But what are some non-negotiables? And something Wes has learned over the years is he needs a vacation, even if it doesn't feel culturally compliant. He's like, as a type one, that has to usurp my compliance stance. I'm desperate. Um, And then who enjoys planning more and how likely is this person to ask for help if the planning becomes overwhelming? Talk over ways to balance and refresh one another in the planning. And of course, there's going to be compromising there. Um, There's more questions about budgeting and seasons of life. But I know that if you have a need for more, you will get the planner. It's in the show notes. Um, And I hope that you will just continue to answer all the questions from the month with me and or uh, just do this like here with us on the podcast and bring this conversation out to your people so that you guys can plan for these refreshing parts of your relationship to come out to not just those coupon conversations, but really things that you will remember to the end of your days together. So be adventurous like Bilbo, get out the front door, even though, even though there's this part of you that's like, this is crazy. Uh, I just hope you'll embrace a bit of that crazy and wild and enjoy as well as coming back and being safe in your nest when you're all done. Okay. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. 
If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.